You're listening to a message from Mercy Culture Church, home of Pastor Landon and Heather Schott in Fort Worth, Texas. For more information about Mercy Culture and ways that you can be a part of it, visit mercyculture.com. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think that's, uh, you can be seated. That's, uh, I think that's the best uh, welcome I've ever received. So uh, I did realize I carried some stuff up here, so I don't want to keep that in my pocket. And so, um, but anyway, I'm so honored to be here. We love uh, Pastor Landon and Pastor Heather very, very much. And uh, we're so, we've just been so proud of them to watch what God's done uh, in such a short time. Just, just think about it. It's just amazing. What you can see is God's hand. And it, it just goes so much better with God's hand. <laughs> it's so much quicker, uh, so much better with God's hand. So I'm very, very glad to be here. Uh, my wife is here. Uh, we got married 43 years ago. As a matter of fact, in, in uh, three more months, it'll be 44. But, um, and I know looking at me, you can't it just, you just can't believe that, you know, that I'm that old. And, um, uh, but uh, we got married very young. It was the biggest event of the fifth grade. And so, <laughs> Debbie doesn't like for me to do this, but I'm gonna ask her, will you just stand up and turn around and let everybody see my beautiful wife. Yeah, you're right. I don't, uh, we actually met in the sixth grade, and um, I have no clue to this day uh, in the 11th grade when I asked her out why her parents said yes. I don't have any clue. Debbie was a goody-goody, and I was a baddie-baddie. And, um, but by God's grace, uh, and she had such an influence on my life, I fell in love with her, and then we got married, and nine months later, after we got married, you're gonna think we had a baby. We did, it was me. I was born again nine months later. So. I will, I just want you to know, as I said, we've been married for almost 44 years. She is my first wife, even though she looks much younger than I look. Um, we went to the movies a while back and this little teenage girl looked at me looked at Debbie, looked back at me, and said, just one senior? <laughs> and I wanted to say, why don't you go back to biology class and, you know, and, but uh, I'd already been recognized several times, and so I, I thought no, and then, my stewardship took over. I said, hey, how much is the discount? <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, two, uh, actually it's two seniors, so they, well, it's great. So anyway, I'm glad to be here. Uh, I'm gonna share something with you. Uh, Pastor Landon referred to it uh, just a little bit on one thing he said that, that God has used me in his life in. But um, I'm gonna share with you, I think, a principle that could change your life could absolutely, totally, I promise you, change your life. Uh, and the title of the message is, Take the Day Off. Now, I don't know if you remember ever your boss ever saying to you, take the day off. But can you imagine our boss in ministry, God, saying, take the day off? And can you imagine if he said, you can have one day off a week? Would that be incredible? Well, why don't you do it then? 
So let me read you some scripture because that's obviously what we're gonna base it on. Uh, all the scripture will be on the screen here. Exodus 16, verse 23. Then he said to them, this is what the Lord has said. So this is Moses talking to the children of Israel. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Let, let me just give you the, the definition of Sabbath, the word Sabbath in, in Hebrew. Uh, it actually comes from the word work, but, but the, the word for it literally is labor. And then it's like this, labor, no. So we would translate it, you know, no labor. No labor, no work. That's, that's what the word means. It doesn't mean go to church. I'm not saying you can't go to church. I'm just saying that whatever you do for a living, you don't do it on the Sabbath. No work. So it's a holy Sabbath to the Lord. We know the word holy means set apart. Bake what you will bake today and boil what you will boil. This, by the way, this is the first time the word Sabbath is in the Bible. The next time is chapter 20 in Exodus, which is part of the 10 commandments. Boil what, we, what you will boil and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until morning. So they laid it up until morning as Moses commanded and it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. The reason it's telling us this is because this is when God was providing manna for them in the wilderness and they would go out and he said, I'm gonna provide you manna every day. And some of them didn't believe and so they gathered two days worth because they thought it might not be here tomorrow and the next day there were worms in it and it stank, would be the past tense word of stink, stank. <laughs> and God said, why don't you believe me? when I tell you that I'll provide for you every day. So that's why they're saying they gathered up two days this time and it didn't stink. Now watch this as it says, then Moses said, eat that today for today is the Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. I just want you to know you will not find provision from God on the Sabbath. He provides it the day before. So you can work as hard as you want to, but God's not gonna give you anything because he's already provided in the six days previously. Verse uh, 26, six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, watch, there will be none. I'm not gonna give you any messages on that day, even though you might write one. It didn't come from me. Isn't this fun? <laughs> it's fun when you have the microphone and you can just say, and actually I'm just reading the Bible to you. Verse 27, now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather or to work, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Okay, so you ever thought about this? Why did God do this? Well, obviously, he didn't want us to have any fun. <laughs> Obviously, he wants to ruin our lives. Or obviously, he's smarter than you are. And he knows a better way to do ministry than you do. So let me give you some things about, uh, about the Sabbath, all right, and about taking the day off. Number one, it's a commandment. Did you know that this made the top 10 list? <laughs> Exodus 20 had the, uh, contained the 10 commandments and the Sabbath is the fourth commandment. It's three verses, by the way, three verses. It gets more words than any other commandment. 
The reason is, is because we don't do it. And God knew he had to talk more about it than any other commandment. Verse eight, remember the Sabbath day to keep it set apart, holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your emails. Wait, I just let me ask you a question. This is so much fun, but is it because you're under conviction already? But this is... Did he say six days you shall labor and do some of your work or most of your work? He said six days you shall do all your work. You shall do none on the Sabbath. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no emails, no work. Watch this, you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant, nor your female servant. Watch this, watch how amazing this is. Nor your cattle. He doesn't even want your cows working on the Sabbath. I personally have never seen cows work and I grew up in Texas. I've been here my whole life. Never seen a cow work yet. Nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it, or set it apart again. Okay, so aren't you glad that since we're saved by grace, that we don't need to keep the Ten Commandments anymore? I mean, since we're saved by grace, we can lie, we can steal, we can covet, we don't have to honor our parents, we can commit adultery. That's just fabulous. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that the way it came out, sugar. We, we don't have to keep God first in our lives. We can have idols and we can take God's name in vain. You know what's amazing is if I just kind of listed all nine, the other nine, but you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't do any of those. You wouldn't put other gods before him. You don't have idols in your house. You don't take his name in vain. You honor your mother and your father. You don't lie, you don't steal. You, 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 all, all the, you don't commit adultery, all these things. You don't covet, you, you, you don't murder. There's another one. And everyone now and then in church government, you'd love to murder some people. <laughs> but you don't, because it's wrong. <laughs> if you do, you get to have a prison ministry. <laughs> But taking one day off ministers more than any other people on the planet violate this commandment. Why is this the only one that passed away? This is a commandment. Uh, all of you probably know Sammy Rodriguez, a uh, great man of God, great man of God, Dr. Samuel Rodriguez. Uh, Pastors of church in uh, Los Angeles and, I mean, um, uh, California, Sacramento. Doesn't really matter, it's not Texas, it's California. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. It's the, it's the mission field, that's what it is. The Socialist Republic of California. All right, so anyway, um, that's why they're moving here, you know, so. But he's, great, he's a great man of God. He was coming to our church the first time 10 or 12 years ago, and, and I'd been with him in some other uh, conferences and all, and the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, he, uh, Sammy's gonna ask you something. And I said, okay, what's he gonna ask me? He said, he's gonna ask you to be a spiritual father and a mentor to him. And I said, okay, what do you want me to tell him? He said, you tell him this. So we're sitting in the green room before he preached, and. 
He said, hey, the Lord wants me to ask you something. I said, I know what he wants. I know he already told me. <laughs> and uh, he said, I kind of figured that, but he said, I, I, want, I pray, prayed about it for me, and I'm asking to be a spiritual father and a mentor in my life. And I said, well, the Lord told me what to tell you. I said, you don't want me to be a spiritual father and a mentor. And uh, he said, yeah, I do. I said, no, you don't. Yeah, I do. No, you don't. He said, why don't I want you? I said, well, because I'm not going to mentor anyone that won't keep the Ten Commandments. And he looked at me and he said, Pastor Robert, what are you talking about? And I said to him, the Lord told me this morning in my quiet time, you've been violating the Fourth Commandment. You haven't been resting one day a week. And the only way I'll be a spiritual father or mentor you mentor to you is if you start resting one day a week. Otherwise, you're going to kill yourself. Tears start flowing down his cheeks. He said, the Lord spoke to me last week. And he told me, Sammy, this is just as bad as if you were committing adultery. It's in the exact same list. You're killing yourself. So now, not, not now, I guess, because it's been so long, but it used to be for the first two or three years, every time I'd see him somewhere, he'd pull his phone out, he'd say, here, you want to call my wife and ask her? <laughs> he said, call her and ask her if I take one day a week off. So I really don't really care to ask you. I'd like to ask your spouse. This is a commandment. Did y'all get that point? Okay, then we can move on if you got it. Number two, it's a pattern. It's a pattern. Exodus 31, verse 14. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. It is set apart. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. And it might be slowly. You might be killing yourself slowly. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work, any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Twice he says it. By the way, uh, trying to remember where there's four or five. Uh, but let me just, I'll just say the ones I remember. Uh, you could be put to death for adultery, murder, uh, not keeping the Sabbath. And here's, here's another one, disobedient to parents. <laughs> there were a few times I would have liked to, James, just to let you know, there were a few times. I, I, <clears throat> okay, let's go on. He, he got saved though, he's better now, so. The, the Sabbath carried the death penalty. Wonder how, why does God think this is so important? Because it's killing you and he loves you. By the way, I'm not going through the scripture, but you understand Jesus said, listen, if your ox falls in the ditch on the Sabbath, pull it out. In other words, if you have an emergency, Oh, yeah, you can take care of it. You don't, you wanna, if they call and say the church building's on fire, you can't say, oh, it's, my, it's the Sabbath. I'm not coming until tomorrow. <laughs> it's okay to go. That's okay. But if your ox falls in the ditch every week, you have a problem with management. You need to learn to be a better manager. I know Pastor Tom is one of the, old, one of the uh, overseers, apostolic elders, Pastor Tom Lane known Pastor Tom for a long time, but when he first came to Gateway, um, he emailed me one, um, or yeah, emailed me one Monday, which is my Sabbath. Your Sabbath doesn't have to be, a matter, matter of fact, people think Sabbath is Sunday. For Israel, it was actually Saturday, so that's the seventh day. But it doesn't have to be that. It needs to be your seventh day. When's the end of your week? So for me, it's Monday. Monday's my Sabbath. And so Pastor Tom hadn't been here very long and he emailed me and asked me this work question. I emailed him back, what day is this? He emailed back, sorry. <laughs> Never emailed me on Monday again. 
I don't know what verse I was in, but if y'all start in verse uh, 16, we'll keep going. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations. Now watch this, as a perpetual covenant. Anyone know what the word perpetual means? Eternal, forever, right? Okay, and have we been grafted into Israel? And this is a perpetual covenant? Hmm. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel. How long? Forever. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth. On the seventh day, he rested. Now for all you theologians out there, I want you to see if you can explain this one. And was refreshed. <laughs> How can an omnipotent God, all-powerful God, who never tires, get refreshed? Because this one puzzled me too. So anytime, anytime something puzzles me in Scripture, I try to find other Scriptures, but then I also go to the original language. In the Hebrew, do you know what this means? This word refreshed, it means took breath. He breathed in. Do you know what God had been doing for six days? Breathing out. When you speak, you breathe out. If I were to start speaking to you right now and not stop and not take a breath, but just keep on talking, just like an idiot up here, but just keep talking and talking and talking, and eventually I'm going to run out of breath. So God had been saying, let there be breath. Let there be light. Let there be. And he breathed in the man and woman. They became living souls. In the Hebrew, speaking spirits. That's pretty powerful. That'll hold that preach. They became speaking spirits. Wow, that's are you going to preach a series on that one? That would be good. <laughs> speaking spirits. It's incredible. They've been breathing out for six days. So God breathed in. So I just have one question for you. If God needs to take a breath every now and then, have you ever said this expression, if I could just catch my breath? Well, God gave you a whole day. Every week. To do nothing. Here, here's the number one question I get asked from pastors when I teach on the Sabbath. Pastor, what do you do on your seventh day? That's the wrong question. The question is not what do I do, the question is what do I not do? I don't do any work. I, if, what do I do for a living? Well, I write sermons for a living, so I don't write sermons. I write books, I don't write books. I oversee leaders, I don't oversee leaders on the seventh day. I, I, I take care of the governance of the church, I don't do that. I have 800 and something employees. I'm not the, the CEO that day. God's the CEO. Do you realize when you don't take a day off, it's the most prideful thing you can do because you're telling God that he can't run the church without you for one day. One day. I don't know why I'm being so strong, but I guess it's because apparently something, many of you are stubborn, I don't know. All right, here's number three. God is serious about it. By the way, I have five points this tonight rather than just three like I normally do and because it's a conference. God is serious about it. <laughs> well, for conferences, you can have five. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> God is serious about it. Numbers 15. Now, watch how serious God is. Now, while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man, watch, gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. Oh my gosh. What a sinner. He was gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. And those who found him gathering sticks brought him to Moses and Aaron. Of course, the man's a stick gatherer. 
and all the congregation, watch this, they put him under guard. Yes, you ought to protect the rest of the people from stick gatherers. They put him under guard. Because it had not been explained what should be done to him. Then the Lord, the Lord, Elohim, said to Moses, the man must surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones outside the camp. So the Lord commanded Moses. All the congregation brought him outside the camp and stoned him with stones and he died. So remember my point, God is serious about it. He was gathering sticks. But God said, don't do any work on this day. You understand that we don't have time to go into it. I'm just talking about taking a day off and taking the principle of this from the Old Testament. But you understand, when, when you read scripture about the Sabbath, the Sabbath represents that we can now rest because we've come to Christ. We can cease from labor. We can stop our works of trying to please God because Jesus pleased God and we believed in Jesus. This is a big deal to God. This is a very big deal. Nehemiah 13, verse 19, so it was at the gates of Jerusalem as it began to be dark before the Sabbath that I commanded the gates to be shut and charged that they must not be open till after the Sabbath. Then I posted some of my servants at the gate so that no burdens would be brought in on the Sabbath day. Now the merchants and sellers of all kinds of wares lodged outside Jerusalem, watch this, once or twice. Then I warned them and I said to them, why do you spend the night around the wall? If you do so again, I will lay hands on you. He was not talking about praying for him. <laughs> if you don't know, Nehemiah was a member of a motorcycle gang before he got saved. <laughs> From that time on, they came no more on the Sabbath. He told them, you're not opening your store here on the Sabbath. We're closing the gates. And I love it where it says, they spent the night outside the gate once or twice until Nehemiah came out. I'll just show you another scripture about Nehemiah that I love. Verse 13, verse 25, chapter 13, 25. So I confronted these parents and cursed them and punched a few of them, this is the living Bible, and punched a few of them and knocked them around and pulled out their hair <laughs> and made them swear by God that they would not let their children intermarry with non-Jews ever again. By the way, you understand intermarriage, that was not a, an ethnicity thing. That was a believers with unbelievers. Don't, don't believe, believers in God, don't marry non-believers because they'll draw your heart away. That's what he told Solomon. And of course, Solomon messed up in that area. Okay, here's number four. This, this one you're really not gonna like. Unobserved Sabbaths accumulate. I know we're under grace, but you jump off a 20-story building you're gonna suffer some consequences. And it's not God getting back at you when you hit the ground, it's gravity getting back at you. Unobserved Sabbaths accumulate. Second Chronicles 36 verse 20, and those who escaped from the sword he carried away to Babylon where they became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, watch, until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. You ever seen that the Bible says that land enjoyed something? I didn't know land could enjoy something. But according to the Bible, the land enjoyed her rest. As long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath, the land, to fulfill 70 years. Okay, so what happened here? Israel went 490 years without letting the land rest every seven years. God said, every seven years you let the land rest. And this is what he said, I'll give you double the harvest in the sixth year. Actually, it was triple, because I'll give you enough for the sixth year, enough for the seventh when you don't sow, and then in the eighth year when you're sowing again, you'll still have enough to eat until the eighth year harvest comes in. 
but they didn't believe him. So they would still sow. They sowed and planted on the, in the seventh year, and they did it for 490 years. If you did something for 490 years, would you begin to think that you were getting away with it? Not with God. Here's, here's what God was doing up in heaven. Seven years went by and God went one. 14 years went by, they didn't let the land rest, God went two. 21 years, three, 28, four, 35, five. Just kept going just like that. And then, this is what's called the Babylonian captivity. God took Israel out of the land for 70 years so that the land could rest. If he cares about land resting, how much more do you think he cares about you resting. When I took my first sabbatical, the elders gave me eight weeks. It was after five years at the church. And I was, I was completely burned out, totally burned out. Pastor Jack Hayford was speaking at our church about three months before. And uh, I said, Pastor Jack, I'm, I'm totally burned out. I'm totally burned out. And here's what he said. Have you been resting one day a week? And I said, well, I try. He said, you try not to commit adultery? You try not to lie? You try not to steal? Or you just not doing that stuff? Because you, you don't want to do that stuff. It's not in your heart to do it. He said, you're burned out. You said, you need to rest. So I went and talked to the elders, and the elders said, yep, we're going to give you an eight-week sabbatical. All of our pastors get sabbaticals every five to seven years, depending on their responsibilities, all of them. And so we, I rested. Okay, here's the thing. On the, there was a day toward, it was the last week, we, Debbie and I took a cruise, the last week. So eight weeks, eight times seven, 56. Eight times eight, pardon me, is 64. So, all right, so we're, we're taking, we're just resting. We're just taking time off. And uh, so it was the next to the last week. That's what it was. So there we are just resting on this cruise. And all of a sudden I thought to myself, I feel normal again. I feel normal. I feel like before I started the church, I've been running for five years now and now I feel normal again. And um, the Lord said to me, what day is it? of your sabbatical. And I said, kind of up, I said, it's the 53rd day. He said, you owed me 52 days. He said, you owed 52 days, 52 Sabbaths. You've gone a whole year without resting one day a week. You owed 52 Sabbaths. And I remember saying, you mean I owed you 52 days? He said, no, you didn't owe me 52 days. You owed you. 52 days. Because they said, I didn't make the Sabbath for me. I made the Sabbath for you. And I remember feeling, you can't, you, if you're in ministry, you understand what I'm saying. You, all, you almost feel, you don't feel like yourself anymore because the church is going so fast and you're working so hard. And yet you can actually feel like yourself every week. And here's the great thing about God. You can actually feel like yourself every day because his mercies are new every morning. So unobserved Sabbaths accumulate. Even farmers know to let their land rest. All right, so here's number five. God made the Sabbath for our benefit. He didn't make it for himself. He made it for us. Mark chapter 2. Verse 23, here's New Testament. It happened that he, that's Jesus, went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. As they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Now, by the way, they're plucking heads of grain just to eat, okay? You can, you can still 
pick the food up and put it in your mouth on the Sabbath, okay? This is not legalistic. I remember the first time I went to Israel. I don't know if you ever, have you, if many of you have probably been to Israel, but you get on an elevator and it stops on every floor. And you think, well, what's the deal? You know why? Because they think it's work to push the button, the floor. See the legalism that's crept in over the years. I'm thinking it's more work to climb the stairs, idiots. <laughs> All right. They began to pluck the heads of grain and the Pharisees said to them, look, why, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Verse 25, but he said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry, he and those with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar, the high priest, how he ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priest. And also he gave some to those who were with him. And he said to them, watch this, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Here's what he's saying. We made the Sabbath to serve you. We didn't make you to serve the Sabbath. It's amazing, isn't it? All right, let me tell you one more story and then we're finished. You're up here because I'm, I need to finish. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Is there a countdown clock? I got 13 minutes. Why are you already out here? <laughs> I, I don't need you yet. Five minutes. <clears throat> well, I don't have my wallet or I'd give him a $100 bill. You know, I carry $100 bills. There. So, all right, James, give him a $100 bill after the service, all right? Okay. I might be able to tell some more stories. Okay, all right, no. Oh, let me just show you one thing before I tell this last story, okay? We all have four tanks that we drain every day. An emotional tank, a mental tank, a physical tank, and a spiritual tank. An emotional tank, a mental tank, a physical tank, and a spiritual tank. Here's what you need to do sometime in your quiet time. You need to figure out what replenishes you emotionally. What replenishes you mentally? What replenishes you physically? And what replenishes you spiritually? You gotta figure that out because you're getting drained every day. The Lord gave me the illustration of me like driving a fuel tank, a trucker around. You've seen these fuel trucks and they go to gas stations and they fill up gas stations. But he said, you're so busy and you don't like to sit still. So you won't go back to the refinery and get filled up again. And you go fill up the elders and you go fill up, you know, the, the staff and you fill up the church and you fill up your family but you quit going back to the refinery to get filled up yourself. And he said, you're driving around with an empty truck. You have nothing emotionally to give your kids anymore. You have nothing mentally to give to create for the church. Physically, you're drained. You're getting sinus infections. You're getting all these things that are just, because you're so, you can't even fight off these little illnesses that come along and stuff in the air. You can't even fight it off anymore. And he said, and spiritually, you're running on fumes. And you're preaching on fumes every week. So you gotta do that. So here's, here's my illustration, that's testimony. Uh, so right before I talked to Pastor Jack about being burned out, and I took my first sabbatical, um, Debbie and I had gone on a, a mission trip. Uh, if you've ever watched James and Betty Robinson on television, Life Today, Life Outreach International. They drill water wells, they feed people. So they asked Debbie and I to go and to, to just look into the camera and just talk about what they were doing and ask people to give to help feed people and to drill these water wells. You can't preach to them about Jesus if they're dead. And Debbie and I actually helped babies that died the next few days. So, but to look into the camera and try to communicate it, you get so drained. You can't imagine how drained you get doing stuff like that. 
So we're on this mission trip. Before the mission trip, I'd preached on the weekends. I'd done some pastor's conferences. Uh, I get back from the mission trip. I go right back to work. Uh, our oldest son was getting married. We're, we're working on the wedding, all that stuff. I mean, I was just drained. So one morning, take my shower, walk into our closet. I open my um, uh, underwear drawer to get dressed and there's one pair of underwear left. And I stand there like this and I think to myself, what am I gonna wear tomorrow? And I thought, I'm gonna go commandoing tomorrow to the office. And pastors shouldn't go commandoing. Pa pastors should wear underwear. That's gotta be in the Bible somewhere. And I couldn't think I could wash some underwear. I could go to Walmart and buy 12 pair for $2.97. I just thought, I'm not gonna have underwear tomorrow. And I remember feeling so depressed. I'm not gonna have any underwear. And I put the underwear on and then I opened my sock drawer and there were no socks. And I sat down in my underwear and cried. This is a true story. That's how you know you're tired. When you're crying in your underwear in your closet, you're tired. That's the sign. I finally found some socks. I don't know if I got them out of dirty clothes or found them in some clean ones in the laundry room or what, but I don't know how I got dressed that day, but I got dressed somehow. And I went, I studied, and then I went to lunch with Tom Lane. And I told Tom, I, I, look, I remember looking around, I said, Tom, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> and Pastor Tom said, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, I cried over socks <laughs> in my underwear. I told him the story, and he said, Robert, you're not losing your mind, you're just tired. He said, any human would be tired if they tried to keep your schedule these last few weeks, these last few years, they'd be tired. And then right after that, we talked to Pastor Jack, then talked to the elders, and then took my first sabbatical, and I came back refreshed. I want to tell you one more. I got six minutes and 53 seconds. 52, 51. Okay. So, so my, my nephew lives across the street from James, is a doctor. I preached this to our church about taking a day off a week. Well, on, he got convicted. It was on, we have Saturday evening services. Some of you know at Gateway, we have to start on Saturday to kind of get everybody in, you know. And so, so I preached and he was there on Saturday and he got convicted and he thought, I, you know, I, I used to take Sundays off. He'd, he'd, take, he'd heard me preach this, something like this message before, years before, but he said, I've gotten busy now, but the practice has grown and I've hired employees and, you know, and all this stuff and, you know, and so, he said, but I, I, I need to take a day off. And so I'm not gonna do any work tomorrow. And so he said, I just relaxed, took the family to the park, you know, uh, watched a football game, got some potato chips, scratched my belly, you know, just, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's biblical, scratching your belly. So anyway, so it, he said, then I, I went to lie down and go to bed to sleep. And I got this idea just like that. And I thought, I gotta write this down. And he said, but I thought to myself, oh, it's, a, it's the Sabbath. I'm not gonna do any work today. But he said, I looked over at the clock 
you know, on your phone there, you got it beside your bed, you know, and it said 12.01 a.m. It was Monday. And God gave him the idea after he rested one day a week. And he got up and he wrote it down and he's about your age, right, James? He's about 40 years old, somewhere around there, okay. And you can, I mean, just built this beautiful home across you. His business, get this, five times what it used to be. And other doctors are coming to him saying, this idea you had will revolutionize the medical industry. And he got it after one day off. He just took one day off. Where to get it? From the Lord, obviously. He's not even in ministry. He's in business. God still cares about him. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And, and any of you that heard me speak before, I always say, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? And the best thing for you to do is ask him, because I don't know what he's saying to you, but he does. So would you just take a moment, would you just ask the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? Just ask him. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? Now, you may get some very clear revelation right now, but you might also keep getting revelation tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. So don't limit the Holy Spirit of how long and how wide and how broad he wants to take this revelation in your heart. So just, just take time and just listen to the Holy Spirit. Just take a moment. I really think that there are some pastors here that are exactly where I was five years into the church. And you know you're burned out. The problem with being burned out is you'll look for some way to have fun because you're not having fun the way God wants you to have fun. And the devil will give you a way to have fun and it is fun, but God created it to be fun in marriage. But he'll give you a way to find it on a computer or with someone else. And I'm trying to save you. Landon said, I brought you to this man to save your future. And I'm just telling you, when you get tired is when Satan attacks. After Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, Satan tempted him. Not when he was strong, but when he was weak physically. He was strong spiritually, but he was weak physically. That's when Satan comes in, when you're tired. Uh, I, I just feel like you need to do this for the Lord, but not for me. So just keep your eyes closed. But I'm just wondering how many of you would say to the Lord, Lord, in this area, I need to repent and I need your grace to help me in this area. Would you just put your hand up high? Put it way up high. Y'all be proud to put it up. Don't ever be ashamed to tell the Lord, Lord, I need help. I need help, Lord. I need help. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. And again, I wasn't asking so that I could see. I was asking so that you would take a step of faith. And I just want you to just tell the Lord right now, God, please help me. Just like you helped Pastor Robert, you showed him how to do it. And it's changed over the years of how to take a day off because responsibilities grow, things change. Sometimes you'll have a conference, like a Sunday through Wednesday conference, so you don't rest on Monday. But when do you rest the week before and when do you rest the next week? The point is, will you rest one day a week? 
even if it's not the same day every week. And maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. My daughter Elaine has had to learn, how do I do a Sabbath when I've got four kids, 10 and under? And pastors of small churches have actually changed pulpits with each other for like a month because they didn't have any other way to fill the pulpit and they could just, they could preach a message that they'd already preached, but they could take six days off and just preach on that one day. Uh, there, there's gotta be a creative way. I, I was on Fox one time doing an interview on this because I wrote a book called Take the Day Off and I'm on Fox and they're, they said, well, what about the stay-at-home moms and what about the, and, and he actually said, not everybody can take a day off and I said, well, then why, why did God put it in the Ten Commandments? Why, why did God do this if not everybody can do it? Why did God say this? And then I remember just saying to the host of the show, I said, wouldn't you like to take a day off every week? And he said, yeah, I would. And he said, you know, I actually started doing this about 10 years ago and it changed my life. So I'm just asking you to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And then I'm gonna let Pastor Landon close it after I pray for you. But I wanna just pray for you for the Lord to speak. Would you just all stand and let me pray for you? And then Pastor Landon, you'll just be ready to take the ministry time however you wanna take it. Lord, I just lift up my brothers and my sisters. These are men and women of God. They have great callings. They have great anointing, they have great gifts because they came from you, so they have to be great. They have great futures. But I know that Satan wants to steal their future. And I'm asking you, Lord, that this would change all of our lives. Let it continue to work in my life the way you want it to work for the rest of my life. Let it work in my son's life both my sons, my daughters, my sons-in-law, my daughters-in-law, my wife still. Lord, let it work in the people of Gateway. Let it work in the people of Mercy Culture. Let it work in all the pastors and leaders that are here. Holy Spirit, will you help us to apply this truth? And I bless my brothers and sisters with the truth of Sabbath. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, thank you guys. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Mercy Culture Church. If this podcast has blessed you, we'd like to encourage you to share it with a friend. To learn more about us, find us on social media and online at mercyculture.com. 